0: Hello, everyone. Redcoat here. And Santias here is also. And uh, we're here with another podcast for you. Today, we're going to be going over uh, sequels. And uh, specifically, trying to figure out, first off, we're going to define, okay, what is a sequel? I mean, really, when we say that term, I mean, we use it very commonly, colloquially, you know? Yeah. We say this is a sequel to that. That's a sequel to this. But what do we really mean when we say that?
1: Yeah, like I originally was, um, cause I sent you here, write podcast notes. That way we don't ramble for, uh, I don't know, like an hour and a half plus. Like um, our earlier cast. Yeah, like our earlier cast. So when I was thinking about this concept of sequels, um, cause I was originally thinking about Guild Wars 1 and Guild Wars 2, which are technically sequels, but they don't necessarily seem that way from a mechanical standpoint. Anyway, uh, we'll probably touch on that more later. The, the point is there is a podcast that I wanted to write notes for about handling the process of making sequels for a game that feel like they're proper sequels to a game. And I realized that one of the things that we needed to talk about is what is this concept even anyway?
0: Yeah. So to define this, the first thing is we need to go back and restate some of the definitions we've had in the past. So first off, we define games as a composite experience. Uh, That was podcast number 20. Yeah. Uh, I
1: recommend that one highly, by the way. Yeah, it's probably one of our favorites. Uh, it's one of my favorites. It's one of the ones that has has had the most
0: influence on my vocabulary. <laughs> but yeah, so games is a composite experience. So you have a mechanical identity to your game, and you have a Narvizod identity. And then, of course, we have to define Narvizod. Nar-viz-od. Narrative, visual, audio. Um, all of those parts of the, what I often term as the aesthetic portion of your product. Yeah, so, just
1: yeah. A, a quick interjection on that. Um, visual is more than just graphics. It's also a style. Yeah. Stylization. Audio includes things like sound effects as well as music. So just sort of the full audioscape of your game. And narrative, uh, encapsulates not only like story or plot or whatever, but also like lore and who your characters are and things like that.
0: Yeah, everything that conveys your story, even just Even just juxtaposition of things, this can tell a story. So that's a part of narrative also. Yeah, so that's first things first, those definitions.
1: Yeah, so I just want to make sure you're familiar, especially with the term Narvazod, because it will come up. So what we're looking at here, then, is going to be a list of things. And this is the relationship between games. This will cover concepts with uh, that show up in franchises, as well as if somebody makes a game that is looking at another game in a Strong enough context, yeah, uh, uh, and I think that'll become clear as we go through these.
0: Yeah, so first we're gonna hit the very first one the the concept of just sequel or prequel. Uh, we we put them together because it's the same thing that links them together. And this idea it's that they are linked together by their narvis odd. So their their narrative, their visual, and their audio all of these things come together to basically say, yeah, this game is related to this one. Some examples uh, are Uncharted 1 to Uncharted 2. They have the same art style. They involve Nathan Drake. He's going on an adventure. He's doing things. And all of the audio cues, I mean, it's guns, it's things, it's Drake's voice. All of that stuff goes together to make those games actually link to each other. Guild Wars to Guild Wars 2. Now this, well, actually, you were about to say something.
1: Yeah, well, I, and I'm a bit more familiar with these games, I think. the art style does vary a little bit between them. But the narrative very much is linked. And I think it's the idea that the narrative aspect between the two games is very heavily linked, as well as not just like linked-linked, but linked in the way where one is seen as a temporal progression from the other. So, like with The Uncharted, you have Nathan Drake doing his thing, and then that thing is still part of... It, it becomes part of the history of for the second game yeah right um, if it's a prequel then the first game is the future of the second game um, but yeah. Uh, yeah linking that up can be extremely
0: tricky yeah and it should also be noted that this this term the sequel the prequel of course this is something that we adopt from previous mediums of course. Uh, uh, I mean, the concept of a sequel has existed since time immemorial, really, if we're thinking about the first time somebody made a creative anything.
1: Yeah, and then somebody made a uh, thing to follow it. Um, the next one is the mechanical sequel. Uh, you could technically have a mechanical prequel, but that's more work than it's worth. Um <laughs> Trying to make mechanics that logically go into the mechanics of the future game. Anyway, or the, the past game. Anyway, uh, so this is where the mechanics are linked, but the Narvazod is not. It could be playing in a very similar space, but one of the key things here is that the narratives are not linked. And in contrast to something like Uncharted, we have an example of like The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and The, and the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, where they take place in sort of a same framework yeah. Um, like, The Legend of Zelda games are slightly starting to maybe get a little bit of a narrative cohesion, yeah. but they're kind of just retreads of the same story.
0: They're retreads of the same story and same presentation of events. Like, basically, you explore an outworld looking for dungeons, then you go into the dungeons and you get gear. The gear allows you to progress to new dungeons. Um. Uh, I mean, that's a very gross simplification. Simplification, but you're doing the same things in the games. It's just that storyline-wise, there isn't really a link between links, um, so to speak. Right. And like when you look at them, though, they have
1: similar controls, similar combat systems. Mm-hmm. There's some variants, like a boat versus a horse. Yeah. Um, but the games play overall fairly similarly. Uh, there's just improvements like I think most people would agree that the combat system in Wind Waker is an improvement over the one in uh, Ocarina of Time. And I would argue that the uh, the combat system in Twilight Princess is an improvement over the one in Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. I might have a slight bias because I played the GameCube version of Twilight Princess that didn't do waggle
0: controls. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that does things.
1: Yeah, but Twilight Princess maintained many of the same sort of things that uh, Wind Waker did in terms of how the combat system evolved in the 3D Zelda combat space. Yeah. It added some more stuff to it.
0: Yeah, because tonally uh, if we're looking at it from like stepping back to the sequel uh, to the sequel statement, right? Um because there are games inside of the space of mechanical sequels of The Legend of Zelda that acts the R direct sequels um, or you know sequel uh, actual just straight up sequels like uh, uh,
1: Majora's Mask is a direct sequel to Ocarina of Time yeah example. exactly
0: I think A Link Between Worlds is a direct sequel to A Link to the Past yeah to A Link to the Past uh,
1: I feel like it's heavily implied that it is it's been a while since I've played them so. yeah
0: I know there are a lot of people out there who are like but wait these are actually just straight up sequels like no there is a difference there is a difference there um, but moving on to our next item, it's a uh, Spiritual Successors. So this is the idea of getting the feel of a game in a mechanical and Narvzod way. Um, they're similar enough that it actually carries on the legacy of the item without necessarily being directly related to it. Um, so one of the examples that I can think of in more recent years is a game called Freedom Planet. Which was a spiritual successor to the Sonic series in some regards. Now, it's not actually a Sonic game because it doesn't actually feature Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: No, but it does feature animals in a similar style to Sonic the Hedgehog and similar gameplay, mm-hmm. more or less.
0: Yeah, it's a similar, it's a similar art style, a similar presentation of characters like. I mean Sonic who doesn't look like anything like a hedgehog is a hedgehog the main character of Freedom Planet doesn't look anything like a dragon but she's a dragon uh you know little things like that yeah moving fast all of that stuff so that's what makes it a spiritual successor yeah um one of the other things of note with it is carrying on a legacy now at the time when Freedom Planet came out Sonic the hedgehog wasn't really getting Too classic e- entries e- yeah and so it was, in essence, carrying on the legacy of Sonic at the time.
1: Yeah. Kind of, in my mind, a classic example of this is going from Demon's Souls to Dark Souls. Yeah. Uh, Demon's Souls kind of pioneered, I, I don't think necessarily 100% the right term for mm-hmm. this, but it really kind of set what this sort of feel was of yeah. the sort of gritty and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Dark Souls carried on the feel and the gameplay. It's mechanically close enough and Narva's oddly close enough to be a spiritual successor. Um, and it really carried on the legacy of Demon Souls.
0: Yeah. When you think of those games, you may not immediately link them together just due to some specific differences, but they really are very much related to each other from a standpoint of this game begets this game.
1: Yeah. And um, there hasn't been a Demon Souls 2, but there have been games for people who liked Demon's Souls.
0: Yes, this is true. On our next point, uh we've got the spin-off. This is something where it's not necessarily mechanically connected, rather it is narratively connected. And this is another thing that shows up in a lot of other media, uh where Family Guy had the spin-off called The Clevelands, I think. Or uh let's see, Batman Beyond is a, technically a spin-off from the Batman series. Well, yeah. it's a successor really, but Yeah. It's it's kind of it's it's that one muddies the line. No, that <laughs> it, one does really my the But
1: uh, um a good game example is Metal Gear Solid to Metal Gear Revenge. Another example of a spin-off is uh was it Puzzle the the Magic of the Gathering Puzzle Quest version. Yeah. Like that's like one of the things that I think is of common with spin offs is taking another game and skinning it basically, with the IP of some other property, in a game sense, specifically a
0: game, but... Yeah, like, Metal Gear Solid to Metal Gear Revengeance. Same IP of, you know, it's nanomachines do everything. Uh, The world is... Full of conspiracies, and you are in the right in the middle of it, and there are giant metal gears. The difference is instead of using hyper focused sneaking action and cardboard boxes, although cardboard boxes are still in there, you're a dude who literally counts himself as lightning and is a cyborg and just slices the crap out of everything in that universe.
1: Yeah, you're not playing Snake, you're playing Raiden. Yeah, and it's completely different gameplay, as, oh, as yeah. Redcoat was saying. Uh, and there, there are other examples of this sort of thing. Some spinoffs take off a life of their own. Mm. I think of the like Mario and Luigi RPG series. Yeah, the first one of that would have been a spinoff from the Mario games, but now it's kind of taken on a life of its own.
0: Yeah, it's made its own series.
1: Yeah, um, and there, there are other examples out there as well. But moving on from there, we have uh, what we refer to as the full sequel which is where the mechanics and Narvazod are both linked. This is a good example here are like the Assassin's Creed games, uh, particularly Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed Revelations. They have basically the mechanics are linked. It's This is a way of saying this is both a narrative sequel. So the Narvazod is linked as well as a mechanical sequel. Um. So maybe the Uncharted games more fall into this category. Yeah, I um, mean, they're still sequels, but they're yeah.
0: actually full sequels.
1: They, they they fall into both categories, is kind of the idea here. <laughs> yeah. Versus something like Guild Wars 1 to Guild Wars 2 is just a sequel, it's not a full sequel, because the, there's not a mechanical link between them of a strong enough degree, at least if you ask me anyway. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's, there's not a whole lot more to go into that
0: one, but we'll go on to the next one, which we call Cousin. Yeah, so a cousin is a game that has a lot of mechanical and structural similarities. So it's something of where the game still has a lot of its own identities, but you can very distinctly say, oh... This is inspired by that, all right? This is very much represented in, in this other game. So uh, one of the concepts that we happened upon this particular one in was God of War and Legend of Zelda. Combined together, you get Darksiders. Right. So something that's um, that this is
1: more distinctly, it's too narrow to be a genre, but it's kind of almost broad enough to kind of feel that way. So with that example of Darksiders... It uses kind of a Legend of Zelda style world structure with kind of a God of War style combat system, but really brings a lot of its own Viz odd parts of the Narvazod. Yeah. Like like that whole sort of thing, it brings kind of its own thing, so it's not close enough to a Legend of Zelda game to be like
0: a spiritual successor.
1: Yeah, or more of a, a future one that we'll get to called a reimagining. Yeah, yeah. But it's close enough that it's not like, and and specific enough, that's not quite a genre thing. So we just kind of went with cousin because it implies a certain closeness,
0: but not too much closeness. Yeah, it's related. It is, but it's not family. Yeah, Um, well, it's not immediate family anyway. Yeah, it's not immediate family. You know, second cousin twice removed. (laughs)
1: Oh, those get confusing.
0: Yeah, but yeah, that's the general idea. A a game that is a cousin to something, it it can be a cousin to many different things, mind you, because yeah. games are notorious for looking at other stuff and saying, "I like that idea. I'm going to use it in mine. Okay, but I'm going to make it my own with this stuff and this stuff with bells and whistles." No blackjack. Um, but that's kind of the idea with Cousin. And there are a lot of games that can be considered cousins to other games. Um, this just allows you to kind of really identify these different forms of relation. So, our next idea here is the reboot. Now, you've heard of this one, I'm sure, in movies, like mostly in the movie realm these days. Yeah, they're doing a lot of it. Yeah, and I mean, there's a reason for that monetarily. We won't really get into that. So a reboot is a game that's attempting to take the concepts, the the things that really... Uh, define the Narvazod and the uh, mechanics. I believe that would be the intent of the uh, product. Yeah. Um, and breathing new life into them. Usually, it's taking the first game of the series and kind of doing it over, or taking the first game in whatever timeline it is, or basically saying we're not really paying attention to everything else that's that's existed before this one, but we're still trying to make a very similar experience.
1: Yeah, and a good example of this is uh, like Devil May Cry to DMC, which are different games, yep. despite the uh, similar sounding things, which is the thing that's common with this, right? You get Devil May Cry DMC, and there's, oh, I think they've probably done it with some Doom games in the past too. Uh, like yeah. Doom 3 was, I think,
0: like a reboot. Yeah, it was, in an essence, a reboot. It definitely did some things to the lore that were different. Another example, to an extent, the Ninja Gaiden series, when we moved to the 3D. Mm, um, it rebooted? Yeah. I would need to double-check on the lore, um, to see if they actually specifically carried it over. If they carried the lore over, then it's technically more of a successor than a reboot.
1: Yeah. And it, it should, uh, be mentioned that a reboot is different than a remake. A remake is trying to do an improved version. Yeah. Of the previous, uh, literally making it again, as opposed to a reboot, which is basically trying to play in the same playground, but maybe not make exactly the same castle. Yeah, out of sand as it were yeah yeah so it's uh there is a, a difference between them mm-hmm. but anyway uh, moving on to reimagining which i mentioned earlier so a reimagining is very similar to a spiritual successor uh but a key difference is that it isn't trying to carry on some sort of legacy uh, so an example that we had here is um sultan sanctuary to dark souls where sultan sanctuary is taking a lot of the concepts it's taking uh, a lot of sort of the visual elements and stuff, um, and a lot of the mechanical ideas from Dark Souls. But it's kind of doing its own thing. Yeah. And it's not exactly trying to carry on the legacy of Dark Souls or anything. Yeah. Uh contrast that to to how Dark Souls was carrying on the legacy of Demon Souls.
0: Yeah. The idea with Salt and Sanctuary, well, I mean I have to talk to developers to see what the actual idea is, but what I perceive from Um, observing and playing Salt Sanctuary is just, it's more getting some of the feel, getting some of the mechanical ideas behind Dark Souls, but putting it into the 2D space makes it a very, very different game.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the final one of these is Inspired by, uh, which is just super generic, but it takes a portion of a game, but it applies like different Arvazad or mechanics. It isn't exactly trying to capture the same feel. Uh, in the same way that something like a spiritual successor or reimagining does. It's not trying to retread the same ground like a reboot does, and it's a lot looser than a cousin is. Um, so you can say some parts of a newer game might be heavily inspired by an older game. Uh, this is just where you see more elements of that. To some extent, this really can't entirely be defined by anyone other than the person who created the new game. Um, so you n- may know what inspired you to put some element in your game. But you can't necessarily have anybody else say that it is.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a hard one because from an, from an analytical standpoint, you can only presume to see where the inspiration comes. And sometimes it's very clear. Other times it's not so much. Um, like you take a look at the F-Zero series. Um, if you're just playing the game straight out, unless you looked at the instruction booklet that came with the original F-Zero, or paid close attention to the cover art. You wouldn't really think that the game was inspired by comic books in some regards, like the mm-hmm. way the characters are presented and everything. It's only if you really get a look at that character art and how they do things, then that flows into how all the characters are presented in that game, where they're all basically superheroes and supervillains in a sci-fi setting. It's actually really unique. Um, but yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, or as another example, I have an RPG I've been clinking at a little bit just to mess around with some stuff, uh, in RPG Maker. And one of my key mechanics is the ability to turn enemies into specific equipment, mm-hmm. which is inspired by Pokemon.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> but that's where the inspiration came from.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, cause I was looking at, um, economic models and stuff and like how to make enemies compelling and uh basically how to solve the loot problem Mm -hmm. and so i was like okay what i'm going to do is it's kind of like you have to capture your moves Mm -hmm. in pokemon except it's your your equipment has skills attached effectively that's what it's for is for getting skills yeah so to get new skills you have to capture enemies to turn them into equipment hmm And that's inspired by Pokemon, because, like, that's just... That's where his thought process uh, Yeah, that, from. that's where my thought process came from. But I don't know if somebody else looking at the game would necessarily recognize that, and so they kind of have to take my word for it that this is what I was looking at. So, inspired by tends to be really loose and more uh, something that the creator can say, no, I was specifically being inspired by this. There can be some subconscious inspiration as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: well, yeah, and generally speaking, when you get to that sort of idea of, uh, inspiration from an analytical standpoint, you can never really know. But when you're looking at it, you can just, you know, point out similarities for certain. That's the, that's the main thing at that point. Yeah. Um, although mo- you're more likely going to run into cousin styles. Yeah. At that when point, it, when yeah. it
1: becomes overt enough. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, that covers the different terms. So in the interest of wrapping things up, uh, just going over the list of terms again the sequel or prequel, uh, and that's more of a narrative sequel or prequel, the mechanical sequel, the spiritual successor, the spin-off, the full sequel, which is where it's both a narrative sequel or prequel and a mechanical sequel, the cousin, the reboot, the reimagining, and being inspired by. So those were sort of the links that we uh, identified between games where one game has a relationship to another one.
0: Yeah, and this is all in preparation for the next part of this cast where we're going to talk about okay, so we've made our statements about what we consider to be a sequel and the different kinds of ways that a product can be related to a previous one or considered to be a follow-up title in some way, shape, or form. So the next thing is putting the wheel to the pavement and saying, okay, how do you do that? Yeah, how does some of this
1: stuff actually work in a, a practical sense? So, it ended up going kind of an interesting direction, and I look forward to going over that with uh, everyone next week. So, take care, everybody. This is Santir, signing off.
0: And this is Redcoat, signing off. Play the games you want to play, boyos.